What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. So the last, I'd say probably two or three days of work have been completely monopolized with a personnel issue, which it's kind of weird. Uh, I'm not supposed to, the job, the new job I went to, I, I don't have a division. I don't have a work center. It's just me doing inspections and stuff. But uh, there are a couple of guys that uh, are junior, same rate, they're CSs uh, that I kind of, they kind of fall into my wheelhouse. So I, I didn't know that going in. So I was kind of surprised by that, but it is what it is. So I uh, kind of got into it um, when I got there as far as just learning about them. Where are they at? What are they doing? Professional development, personal stuff. Do they have any issues? Uh, and, and one of the guys, uh, as soon as I walked in the door, was briefed that had a personnel issue with that involved an NJP. Uh, I won't go into the details as far as what it was, but um, had a significant personnel issue. Had a previous one uh, on his on his ship before he came to shore duty. Uh, so two back to back, pretty junior guy. Um, and I kind of got pre-briefed on what this dude was like, like uh, basically that he had those issues, that he was kind of unreliable, showed up to work late quite a bit, uh, compulsive liar. I've heard that half a dozen times. Uh, just a bunch of stuff where people just kept telling me these things over and over again. Uh, and, and every time I bring him up, because I'm, I'm trying to learn about his history, because uh, paperwork's hard to come by. There was no Divo notebook. I, you know, I'm like, going by people's words at this point because I can't find past like admin. I'm still tracking stuff down because I got to play CSI to figure out the actual uh, stuff that went on with this kid. So I'm working with legal, working with admin, working with all these people to find all this stuff. But in the meantime, I'm kind of peeling back the layers of the onion just by having conversations. So uh, that's fun. <laughs> and uh, and then talking to the sailor himself, right? Um, I I put a lot of stock in having that conversation and kind of evaluating someone's character just based on interactions that I have with them uh, and, and trying to figure out what they're like. Right. And so as I, as I have conversations with this kid, the more I talk to him, the more I see just a, another junior sailor that is, is encountering issues, but is not like, He's not a bad human, right? Like he's not, you hear these stories coming out of situations where sailors have significant disciplinary issues. And when you talk to another leader about them, you hear these stories relayed like they're the most terrible human ever, right? Like I, every conversation I have, I get like an eye roll and I'm like, oh, he's a compulsive liar. He's, a, he's super unreliable. He's a, you know, a dumpster fire in every sense of the word, like blah, blah, blah. And then when you sit down and you interact with this kid, like he's a super nice kid. Um, he clearly has some knowledge gaps in a lot of areas. And and the area that's an issue for him isn't necessarily work related. He strikes me as a kid that he just, he's a worker. Like he would work hard if we were on a ship and I had a work center and I had a, you know, we had that type of a mission, but we don't. So he doesn't have those things to, to do uh, in the job that he's in. So uh, and it's hard to explain, but I, I like the job that he's actually in is is like this on call support role that really is never needed. It's this billet that probably shouldn't even exist. So he's he's got idle hands quite a bit, which I'm trying to remedy separate conversation for a separate time. Um, but trying to find ways to keep him and another guy that are in the same role gainfully employed uh, training opportunity schools, whatever. But also it, with him in particular trying to 
figure out his issues, right? Because it seems like he's he's been there about seven months. And what I've learned is that in that time, he has continued to have issues and continue to do things that have compounded the issue. Um, some like financial related troubles, right? Where he's, he's continued to make choices and do things that have compounded the problem that there are clear markers where a leader could have stepped in and done something about it and put him on the right path, put him in contact with resources that could have educated him and advised him to avoid that landmine. And it, and it didn't happen. There's a couple of really obvious leadership failures along the way as well that really frustrated me where uh, it was obvious that someone had the opportunity to say no to something as well and should have and didn't. So as me and uh, I engaged a couple other chiefs to try to help me uh, figure out a way out for this this young man, as, as I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to have conversations and I'm continuing to pursue solutions, I keep having conversations with leadership where it's like we wrote him off already. It's like he's a lost cause and we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I've talked about before where I've I've encountered these situations at my last shore duty. I walked in the door and there was literally a kid sitting in a cubicle, staring at a computer, falling asleep. And I asked what his job was and and why he was there. And everybody just gave me the same stupid reason that he couldn't be around students. Why? Oh, you know, like, and they were just letting this kid sit there and waste away. And then I engaged him, asked him questions, figured out that there was no disciplinary issues really, and that there was no reason why they were not using this kid other than just piss poor leadership and grabbed him, took him with me. And unfortunately, I was a little too late to keep this kid in the Navy. But during the rest of his time there, he had a really fruitful and rewarding time working there and contributed significantly to the development of those students. Then last submarine, another kid where everybody had written him off, lost cause. He's a rock. He just, he, all he does is drag us down. He doesn't do any work. He doesn't earn his paycheck. And it's like, okay, what are you doing about it? Besides just giving me a list of excuses about why this kid isn't performing leader, what are you doing about it? And it's the same thing. It's like everyone, senior leadership that should know better Sitting there staring at me, telling, oh, this kid's a lost cause. He's a rock. He's not worth your time. Blah, blah, blah. He turned around. I, I mean, I had two of those, technically. One of them I, I plucked, <laughs> plucked from the jaws of administrative separation because somebody had a change of heart and decided to give him one more chance. And he's the kid that got meritoriously advanced and is, is doing great now. But Again, like everybody was just like, oh, he's a lost cause. Can't get right. They're a rock. They're a compulsive liar. Whatever they decided the the reason was why this sailor wasn't worth the investment. I just, you'd hear it over and over again. And for some reason, like I'm the only one that's walking and, I, and I'm again, I'm not I don't have a hero complex. I'm not walking in there. I'm not trying to say that I'm like I'm some idyllic leader that's doing the oh, I'm the only one doing the right thing. Like I'm not I'm not saying that. But like for some reason, I'm the only one walking in and asking, like, what can we do to fix this? If he's not out of the Navy, he's still ours and it's still our job to lead this kid. It's what we're getting paid to do. If, if for no other reason. It's what you're getting paid to do. 
So when you walk in and you look at and you got you look at a sailor or you see one of those sailors or even if it's not your shop and there's one of those sailors that everybody oh that kid's a rock that kid's a lost cause that kid's on his way out just waiting to find a reason to drop an anvil on his head and call it a day. Go have a conversation with that kid. Find out what's wrong. Find out what's happening. Find out the reasons that the that the things that have like created this narrative are happening. Because every conversation I've had with a sailor, unless he is the best actor on the planet freaking Earth, are because he's not financially literate. Because no one ever taught him how to adult. No one ever showed him what like fiscal responsibility looked like. And so he's been left to his own devices and he's like, well, I want a car and you can only I, you can imagine what I, where I'm going with that. I won't even explain the details. And then he's like, well, I want to live out in town because the barracks are, are filled and they're going to give me BAH. That's more money, right? And I want advanced travel, even though I'm not entitled to it. So they give me advanced pay. That's another debt that I didn't, you know, like on and on it goes. And he just kept stepping on landmines. And it's like these were easily avoidable if there was engaged leadership present. Easily avoidable. Because right now, let's say this guy is a fresh-faced, new accession sailor that just checked into the command and I'm his chief, right? And he says, I want to buy a car, either to me or to my juniors. Like, okay. Go talk to Chief. Okay, so he comes and talks to me. And then I'm like, okay, what are we thinking? How much money do you have? Let's do a financial evaluation and see where you're at to start. And then when you want to go buy a car, I'll go with you or or CS1 will go with you, right? To make sure that you're not getting hustled by the predatory lending that happens near every military base that's ever existed. And then moving out in town. Okay, let's shop around. I'll go with you. CS1 will go with you. Bring the lease in and legal can look at it. There's so many options. Fleet and family support. There's financial workshops and classes. And Navy Marine Corps Leaf Society's got financial advisors and they'll do a budget for you. There are a million resources, all of which clearly have not been leveraged to get this kid to like command financial specialist to, to get this kid where he needs to be and to give him the baseline level of knowledge to at least ask hey, I want to go buy a car. How do I do that? And how do I avoid getting screwed? Because I've heard cautionary tales about sailors and military members buying cars and getting 10 million percent interest on them, right? Like, it, this is simple stuff. And and it, the compulsive liar thing, like, so we talked about that and they're like, oh, give me these examples. No, he is a liar. He is. Let me give you this example, right? And they give me an example of a lie, right? I'm like, okay, so why? Why is he lying? Well, because he's a liar. That's not a reason. That's a statement of fact in your mind that, okay, he's a liar. Let's say he is. Let's let's lay that out there as a fact for the sake of argument. So he's a liar. Why is he a liar? Why is he lying? What purpose is there for him to lie? Because in this scenario, all he's doing is endangering his naval career. So what's he gaining by doing that? Why is he lying? He's clearly not gaining anything financially. <laughs> he's not gaining anything by advancing his career. He's getting in trouble all the time. He's not gaining anything tangible that you can point at and say, hey, that's a win. <laughs> Could it possibly be that the kid is embarrassed and ashamed 
of the of the results of the decisions that he made and the fact that he wasn't equipped to make better decisions and that he's not in the financial position that I am or that the other people that were equipped to make those decisions and avoid those landmines are. Could it be that maybe he just doesn't want to feel like a piece of crap for once? Could that possibly be why? But we didn't take five seconds to figure that out. We didn't take five minutes to sit down and talk to a sailor and find out what's wrong. The same stuff we preach all the time during leadership training. We didn't take the time to sit down and to talk to this sailor and find out what's going on with him. Which, oh, by the way, leads to the mental health issues and everything else that we just got done talking about. I mean, I... I go so far as like the kid I talked about that uh, he got separated for drugs and everybody treated him like a leper, right? I go so far as to say that one's still our responsibility too because I believe that and and you should too and I'll debate anybody on that ever. Feel free to shoot me an email. But I understand the the issue people might have with that. I understand the issue of like somebody that gets a bunch of DUIs and they're on failed treatment and they're on their way out. Like I understand the moment of pause. I understand arguments like, well, they gave up their right to be a member of the service when they did this, that, and the other thing. I get that. I don't agree with it, but I get it. Even if I agree with the logic of, yeah, we're going to send them out of the Navy because that's the right answer and it's policy, that doesn't mean that that human being that's still wearing a uniform to work isn't your responsibility. That their well-being, that their health and wellness, that their like mental like stability is not still your responsibility. Just because somebody screws up, whether it's like just like a oops or like a no-joke administrative issue or like significant legal issue and punishments involved that punishment is where the accountability happens once accountability is over whether it's at that administrative proceeding or following that because there's still things they have to do to kind of like check those boxes like maybe they have extra duty maybe they have restriction maybe they have a suspended bus that's not expired yet whatever they're doing those things that punishment is still there it was still awarded that doesn't relieve you of your responsibility as a leader to make sure that kid's okay They're not somehow able to be written off because you checked the box of administrative punishment or that they're on their way out of the Navy and they're going to be separated. You're not off the hook. And it's extremely frustrating to me that it's so easy for people to just, meh, I don't have to to worry about that one anymore. They're on their way out anyway. Why invest... 90% of your time and 10% of your sailors, right? You may or may not have heard that before. Because they're the ones that need your attention. Not that the outstanding high-performing sailors aren't worth pouring into, right? I I was talking to someone about one of the sailors recently. I I got a bunch of text messages recently um, expressing gratitude for my involvement in their career and kind of like writing them, getting them on the right path, right? Like, and uh, I showed them to this person and they were like excited for me, right? Like, like, oh my God, that's really great. Like they, that you were able to do that and that you had that impact on them. And I felt kind of like undeserving because I didn't do that much. 
I really didn't. I spent the majority of my time developing the the bright, high-functioning sailors with a ton of potential. This kid, this kid that texted me this, the only thing I did was care. That was it. All I did was give some attention to a kid that had never had any. I treated him like a human being. I talked to him like he was a grown man. And yeah, like I held him accountable and I pushed him to to do well. I spent time on him, don't get me wrong, but not nearly as much as I did with the kid that is going to light the world on fire. And that's all it took. All it took was someone caring. And and in every one of these cases, that was the common thread. All it took was somebody to pay attention. All it took was somebody to engage and say, what do you need? How can I help you? I didn't need to do much more than that because nobody had ever done it before. So it like, it blew their mind and they came back to life. And all those talents and intelligence and the work ethic and work capacity that they had the entire time and no one took the time to motivate them to to show or to leverage, ta-da, all of a sudden they're doing a good job. Is it because I'm the greatest leader ever? No, it's because I'm a, I'm a human being. And I took the time to care about that lost cause. And that's what he thanked me for. And it, and it, it, it melts my brain that like more often than not, you'll see these sailors just sitting there. No one's, no one's taking the time to find out why they're not producing, why they're not engaged, why they're not motivated to excel what is what's the reason for their issues that everybody has such a problem with what's the reason for the issues that led them to that administrative issue in the first place or that disciplinary issue in the first place i just there to me and there's probably room for argument but to me there is no such thing as a lost cause it's not real i will lose the battle of trying to salvage that person that appears to be a lost cause and maybe it gives somebody some ammunition to argue that there is in fact a such thing, but I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. I, I've mentioned it before, but it, like if you haven't read the book Fearless, it's about Adam Brown, who's a Navy SEAL. Like Read that book, tell me there's a such thing as a lost cause. That's my whole argument right there. So, somebody else wrote it. It's all in that book. Read it and then come talk to me. And and tell me that there's a such thing as a lost cause. I just don't get it. And I never will. And I guess the, the real argument is with people's willingness to, to think that a sailor that's making conscious decisions to end up in, in that place where there's having disciplinary issues and where they're not contributing to the mission... It's like it's their fault, right? It gets it gets all rolled up and saddled on them. Like, oh, it's it's their fault they're such screw-ups. It's their fault that they're on their way out of the Navy. It's their fault that they did all these things. It's their fault they got a DUI. Right. You're, you're 100% right. But why did they get a DUI? Why were they drinking and, and then deciding to drive? What happened there? 
that's the part that like maybe 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 you'll encounter a sailor that's like because I'm an idiot <laughs> because I just think it's cool to drink and drive and they're serious I don't know like maybe you're gonna find some malicious just masochistic human that is just trying to get kicked out of the Navy because they don't want to be here anymore or they just think that like they just genuinely don't care if they accidentally have a head-on collision with a minivan fulfilled with an innocent family. I I don't know. Maybe Maybe that person exists, but I haven't encountered it yet. And I'm not arguing or advocating or defending anyone that gets a DUI. I'm saying, why did it happen? Dig deeper. Ask those questions. Because I, I'm willing to bet you've seen a sailor get a DUI and recover. Big time. Learn from it. And use that experience to help others, right? So how, how did that happen? Was it by accident or was it because a leader didn't give up on them? Um. It's been this has been monopolizing my thought process lately. Um, I just am extremely frustrated with people's willingness to just disengage and and basically treat that sailor like, oh, well, you're on your own because that's every one of these sailors. This is number four now. I've just. All it took was someone caring and I, every time I found them in a corner by themselves just on an island by themselves with nobody showing any interest in figuring out why that's the case or what they can do to help blows my mind. Um, as always, I'm always interested to hear from you guys, hear your feedback, uh, answered a few emails a little late and I apologize for that. In the transition to the new job, I kind of lost track of some stuff. Uh, and as you can see, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't been recording or editing, uh, recently cause it's been about two weeks. So I'm, I apologize also for the delay, but as always, if you got any feedback, hit us up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message me. Don't give up the ship podcast, or you can DM me on Instagram at Degas podcast. Uh, let us know what you need, what I can help with, what questions you have, or just how you feel. Always interested to hear feedback on the episodes, like if, especially this one. I mean, I just, I can't imagine. There are so many cases where, at the very least, you're just being a decent human being to another human that will never forget how that time you took, however small, made them feel, right? Helped them out, improved their outlook made them feel a little bit better about naval leadership, whether they're being retained or not. At best, you end up turning a sailor around. And I can't tell you how amazing it feels where, like when you get one that was trending that direction, like not the one of the most recent ones for me was, I mean, literally like two captain's masts, administ- administrative separation paperwork's already routed, he was a couple of weeks from getting out of the Navy and then somebody had a change of heart. Guy called me. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll take him. And a couple of EPs and a meritorious advancement later, he's succeeding on shore duty right now. So I just, and again, not some statement about me being the best leader ever, right? It's not that at all. That's what's so ridiculous about it. And that's what frustrates me so much about it. Anybody can do it. Just take the time to be a decent human and and give them a chance, talk to them, ask them what they need, 
ask them, you know, like, like lead them through the, the tough stuff that they're dealing with. And it's like when you t- help them carry that load, they can then devote their attention to all the things that l- led them into the disciplinary process in the first place. They're not as frustrated. They're not as depressed. They're not as hopeless. And they can actually devote some of their attention to work, which is not the most important thing, believe it or not. You can't make a sailor mission ready if their personal life is in shambles. It's not how it works ever. You're not going to be mission ready if that's the case. You got to take care of that first. Then training, motivating, getting them to be valuable contributors to the mission, etc. Uh, that's it. Uh, if you guys want to support, uh, we've got a store. I got some new stickers coming in. It'll be the logo, but in white. Uh, and then there's just a bunch of stickers, t-shirts, uh, some magnets some buttons, um, not a for-profit enterprise, but it helps us keep the lights on, helps me pay for the subscriptions to the, the feed and the website and everything, uh, and reimburse me for the <laughs> equipment and everything else. But really all I've, all I do with it is reinvested in the podcast, but it helps me use that money to reinvest in the podcast instead of me continuing to come out of pocket. So if you want to support, check out dgetspodcast.com slash shop, pick yourself something up. Uh, I'll get in the mail as soon as, as soon I possibly can. Uh, and that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. 